Hello everyone, I'm Contessa of Wrestling.com, joined by John Clark tonight to talk about WWE Monday Night Raw and a bunch of stuff that happened related to the show. John, it was a, a pretty crazy night tonight, huh? Uh, yeah, you could say some stuff went down. We'll get into all that, all that fun stuff and more. Just want to remind you all before we do this show, like everything we do here is available on all of our platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff, you know where to find us, so... You know, John, obviously, we always talk about Raw, and we'll get into that, but I feel like the big story right off the bat, uh, so or, or I think right some like a couple minutes into the show, they announced a six-pack challenge for the main event. You know, Becky Lynch, uh, Sasha Banks, Naomi, Dewdrop, Nick ASH, and Asuka, the one who would earn a Raw Women's title shot. Uh, and then maybe a half hour later, they announced that uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi have left the building. They just left the building, and at first, it was left very, very vague. Uh, and then we had the, the announcement the, the new main event would be uh, just Becky versus versus Asuka and the winner would still earn a title shot. And then very, very quickly, the whole thing just spiraled into this whole whole other mess uh, where Sasha Banks and, and Naomi reportedly uh, walked out. And that's that was what they, they they first alluded to that during the show. And Corey Graves even said like that they were unprofessional in doing so, which is interesting that they, they had said that. Uh, during the broadcast, so I'm looking at the the first report right now. So they walked out. I don't want to give away like Fightful Slack reported, and that's fine to pay you all. But basically, Sasha Banks reportedly was upset about uh, the creative for for the match for the for the six pack challenge. Vince McMahon reportedly unwilling to to change it. Uh, Naomi was involved. Naomi reportedly was slated to win the match, which makes this even crazier. Naomi and Banks walked out, uh, and then WWE to make it even more crazy. WWE released a statement, which they never do, uh, and basically they, this statement says that Banks and Naomi walked into to John Laurinaitis' office with the suitcases, placed the tag team title belts, now they are the reigning women's tag team champions, on his desk and walked out. For the WWE statement claims that, uh, that says that Banks and Naomi claimed they were not respected enough as the tag team champions, uh, and the, 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 the statement even references how they had uh, time to construct their match, which is interesting for a, a WWE release statement. Um, and yeah, so they, they, they walked out, um, and now we don't really know. And then I, I should say another, another quote, another tweet from this one from WrestleVotes says that there's a lot more to this. Apparently, uh, there's, there's tension leading up to this all day. Both superstars were upset at something that transpired, but nobody has an idea what that is. And I don't really want to speculate on what that may be specifically, uh, but my gosh, John, this is like the craziest thing we've had happen like during a show itself, maybe other than when there was like releases during SmackDown once. Other than that, like in, in recent memory for me, at least, I can't think of anything like this. Oh, man, this is uh, pretty wild. This is unpredictable. This is uh, quite honestly a mystery right now. We're all, we're, I mean, we're speculating, but then we're not because we know part of it, but we don't really know one both sides of the story or two the whole story so we're only speculating and and giving opinions based off of what we know um i am probably not gonna have a lot of people happy with what i'm gonna say but i don't like it i i don't like it at all i don't like that you walk out whenever you don't get your way and i've been like this before and it's a soft topic because you got people online, on Twitter, whatever they they want to bring they they want to bring race into it. They want to bring uh, past history into it. Like 
I just want to talk about the situation on hand now and not bring in gender, race, history, anything like that. The fact of the matter is they, from what we have seen, they are mad. They did not, not necessarily get their way, but they are mad at the creative direction. Now, if you look at the statement that WWE put out, they literally put towards the end that basically this is an act and the, the contracted wrestlers are supposed to do what we say under contract, which is true, regardless if you like it or if you don't like it. And right. obviously, at least from what we understand, Sasha didn't like it. Now, if, if uh, apparently Naomi was supposed to win the match, I don't understand. I, I mean, I, I don't think she would be upset about that. Uh, this might stem from like, maybe they don't respect the tag titles. They don't think they're serious. So we're just going to put Naomi into this filler match at Hell in a Cell that she's going to lose. Uh, something along the lines of that. But I, I just take issue with her or them or whatever leaving just leaving because they're not happy with the way the show is supposed to go there's more to it than getting what you want and there's been some history with sasha banks and not getting her way and being upset about it she's taken some time off before for this uh she's been uh there's just some history when it comes yeah. to that uh I don't know what, what, what this is going to lead to. Um, if we see them again, when we see them again, the rumor was that they basically just like left their titles there and left. As that in, was in like, WWE statement. They, they, they put the left the titles with John Laurinaitis. So that was in WWE yeah. themselves. So like, is that an indication that they have forfeited them or they, could they be retired? Who knows? But I don't know where it goes next. And I don't know when we find out. I assume maybe early as tomorrow, more details will sort of trickle in. I assume that's the case. But I don't know about you, Colin, but I'm not convinced that either of these two are going to be back anytime soon. Uh, It's just a mess, uh, both in terms of what we actually are hearing about this right now, in terms of trying to figure out what what, what will happen next. I really don't know that. Um, There's some thought that this might be a work that, that this that this is something they're trying to or or some some real situation they're trying to like uh capitalize on and, and try and make it some kind of storyline which is possible but it's just so weird WWE never especially these days never releases any statements like that uh about a matter like this so that and the what some of the wording and some of the things they said in that statement were very weird to begin with um the fact that Banks and Naomi left the titles and that, and that statement, that, that, that's what they said. I uh, left the title, the, the tag team title is weird, as you said. Like, don't know what that means for that. Um, oh, I don't know. It's just, it's just crazy. Lots of comments here. DJ says maybe they'll, they can go to AW. I mean, if, if. Well, first, let me ask you this first of all. Do we agree that this is not a work? It seems very real to me. Like, it, it, okay. there's enough, like, just weirdness and, and i don't know i i not to say i i oh i could tell if it was a work i i obviously i can't say that i'm saying like it feels real if, and the way it came across in the show was so chaotic like they they it was not planned at all reportedly they had to do like pre-tapes and you could tell at some points like uh 
uh, they probably planned a good chunk of time for the six pack the six pack, six pack match because they, they were like, filling time yeah they had extra free tapes so you, you kind of tell they weren't really planned uh so it just seemed very very spur of the moment in that sense so that's why i would necessarily not jump to thinking it was a work but i am seeing that kind of float around and that's just says she's torn about it being a work or not uh kevin says it sounds like they quit I don't I don't know. Yeah, you can you can walk out. It doesn't mean you're quitting. Yeah. Steve Austin once walked out, but he came back. And obviously, like it changed things, but like I I hesitate to jump to conclusions or say, like, oh, they're gonna get released, oh, they're gonna do this. Like I and, I and for the people that are speculating that oh well they'll go to AEW or something, first of all, if they do get released, it would be 90 days before right. you see them anywhere. So right. let's not jump the gun and say we're gonna see him next week or whatever. And then another comment from Eddie, he says, do you think WWE will fine them for, for not being professional on their job? Uh, I don't think they'll be fined, and I don't think they'll be fired. Um, but it's definitely an ugly and sticky situation because it's it's been publicized enough now where like it, it's you, you can't just act like nothing has happened here. I mean, let's, let's talk about what Corey Graves said on air that they unprofessionally left the building. And that to me seems like a line probably fed from Vince where, you know, I'm going to get you, you know, you got me, I'm going to get you. But the part that just doesn't get me, or I don't understand is the whole releasing a statement halfway through raw that that's unprecedented for them. Yeah. Like, why are they releasing a statement? I mean, the statement basically threw them under the bus. Uh, So, I'd like to see where this goes in the coming days and weeks. Uh, obviously, uh, a swerve at the end. They had to do a main event. We had a 10-minute match that was pretty good at the end. We'll talk about that as well. But, yeah, all all the talking is going to be like this. And let's not you know, forget that they're both members of an already bad SmackDown women's division. So if you take out Sasha and Naomi... You're down to Ronda Rousey, Aaliyah, Raquel Rodriguez, Shotzi, and Natalia and Shayna Baszler. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, that's that's definitely not good. Now, I've also seen people commenting and saying, you know, well, Sasha's fine. She can go to Hollywood if she wants to. Uh, but what kind of concerns me is if it's true that, you know, Sasha and Naomi left, let's say they left, well, Naomi usually travels with the Usos, and the Usos were still there because they did a segment at the end of the show. Right, right. They're married. That could get ugly. Just the whole situation. And then, of course, you get Roman involved because he's in the family. It's like there could be a lot to go down here, and I'm, I'm interested to see what truly comes from the mouths of Sasha and, and Naomi because um, and you said you didn't we, we, we don't want to give away all of the fightful uh, report even though everybody's already aggregated it all over the internet but right, right, right. Th- they, they mentioned that Sasha and Naomi were uncomfortable with two of the competitors in the six women match even though it was said that both of these women have, have done ring work together before right, right. with no injury or consequence so you can't help but to wonder the other women in this match of being Becky Lynch, Dewdrop, Nikki Sage, like of course speculation there. Becky tweeted like 10 minutes before she came to the ring and said, Oh, all of the drama, but I'm still gonna prevail. Yeah. So it's it's interested to see, you know, what's gonna come out of this. Yeah, it's just 
crazy. Okay, I keep saying that. There's there's no other way to really put it. Alex points out. I mean, yeah, as, as we've been saying, it's so rare to see WWE uh, release a statement like this, especially like moments later, like minutes later during during Monday Night Raw, like this. Uh, you only never and stuff that happens behind the scenes. This wasn't on the show. Like this wasn't like you know explaining something that happened or anything. This was like addressing uh, the reporter or in this case the incident that you know that happened behind the scene. And he says, "Could could it be work? You never know. You never say never." Uh, again, but I kind of got to wait and see on that one. Um, oh man, I I don't know. It's like as you mentioned. I mean, the, this would be a, if this has any uh, even. Even if they're gone like a week or two, like that's a pretty big loss for the, the SmackDown Women's Division or just the Women's Division in general because they are the the women's tag team champions, so they you know go on both brands right now. Um, oh yeah. Do you ben, think, before we get into Raw, a quick question: uh, Do you think this would be a good opportunity to kind of put the women's tag titles on the shelf or retire them or kind of? basically put them on the back burner for now or do you think that they're going to have a immediate two-on-two match next week to crown new champs what would you do here i mean it sounds bad but like or do you just you know keep under the impression that they're still the champs and they're just kind of missing an action as a way to kind of put them on the back burner or do you just come out and say like we're done with this, you know. In I mean? my opinion, based on what we saw tonight, based on Corey Graves calling them unprofessional commentary, as we said, you know, as you said, that was very likely a line from Vince McMahon, because that's how it usually goes. Um, I would be very surprised if they just like kept the title. Like if you mentioned, like they be they would be the champions, but then maybe be missing for a while. Like no, like I feel like you know if they are going to be missing for a while, whatever that means, if they're going to take time <laughs> off, if they're going to be suspended, the new, I don't know. The- the new women's tag team champions is John Laurinaitis. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, uh, Steven says, like, correct him if he's wrong. Did Sasha ask for her release last year? I don't know if it was, I think she had mentioned, like, she, I think she did at some point. I don't know if it was last year. I, there I was a report that. that she did, and Vince said no and was going to give her 30 days off, but she ended up taking like five months off at that point. So I think that was. I don't remember the timeline because uh, Eddie points out, and you mentioned it earlier. Like this, there she has a little, not history, but the, this a similar thing happened back at WrestleMania 35. She and Bailey lost uh, the women's tag titles, ironically, uh, and then she, the reportedly, like they kind of like I remember hearing they like laid on the ground crying or something, and then like Sasha was gone for a couple months. I think that may have been it, where she was gone for a while, and then she came back. Um, I think then, then she returned as a heel, and that led to the the role models, or, uh, her and Bailey. But regardless. Um, like it sounds bad, but I honestly, this is a good reason to get rid of the titles. Like, again, that sounds harsh, but again, that we, we talk about every single week, they only have right now, even with the champions, like three teams, um, which isn't great to begin with. And I, I feel, I feel bad saying, oh, just like scrap them entirely. But now we have this messy situation. We don't know how it's going to go. Um, so I don't know uh, if you, uh, yeah, even if you, if you, even if you vacate them, then what you're going to do a match with the two, the two other teams you have, and then presumably what throw, 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 uh, throw some more together. At, like at this know. point, Natalia and Shayna Baszler are re- realistically your only women's tag team in the entire company. They're trying to do do drop a Nikki ASH to kind of feel, but they were supposed to be competitors tonight, right. which, 
So let's talk about the main event tonight, which was ended up being Becky versus Asuka. And let's not forget that Nikki and Dewdrop were left out to dry here. They could have turned it into a fatal four-way if they wanted to, but they didn't. They just made it a one-on-one. Uh, it was, a, a, like I said, a 10-minute match. The two have great chemistry in the ring. We can't deny that. It, w- it was actually a really good match, given the circumstances. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you would say Asuka won clean. She did the green mist that she's done before. Bianca was kind of involved whenever they got pushed into her. But and nevertheless, Asuka wins the match. Um, Hell in a Cell, not a Hell in a Cell match, but at Hell in a Cell, it's going to be Asuka versus um, Bianca Belair for the title. Uh, there was already people also speculating, well, does this mean Becky's going to go and now challenge Ronda on SmackDown because they need somebody over there? I mean, maybe, but I don't think so. I still think they're going to somehow make this a triple threat match. Uh, that's that's where my ducks are right now. Now, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, just for the match itself, and we can talk about anything else. But uh, Brian says that Becky and Asuka had a great match. We enjoyed it. Uh, Nesha says she's excited about Asuka versus Bianca. I agree that I have to think Becky will get involved here. Like I would imagine she'd be off. That would be two pay per views in a row because she wasn't on uh, WrestleMania Backlash or like. That would make a whole lot of sense. And then, like, she, you, like it wasn't a super-duper, like, controversial finish. But, like, you know, Bianca was kind of involved. Asuka did miss her. So she definitely has an excuse. And as Steven says, Becky could pull something somehow to get this into a triple threat match. I think that's the, the better match. And then you do maybe a singles match. Uh, I guess that would be it. I'd mind the back after that. Um, no, it was a good match. These two are all, all, always good together. So no complaints about that. More so just kind of the, the looming... Uh, specter of the the controversy about Sasha and and, and Naomi here and what we and the, I guess to, to some degree some frustration about uh, the, the the six pack challenge like that sounded like would really cool and I have to say like getting uh, Oscar versus uh, Be- Be- Becky is like a bad trade off like no if you advertise that like I'm looking forward to that and it didn't happen so uh, good match Oscar winning I think it's the right call I mean it's good to have her get built up right away and again I, I have to think uh, this will probably I mean, that's points that maybe maybe love is the singles match here and do a triple threat match at the next pay per view. That's also possible. Uh, it would just seem weird to have Becky left off entirely, but if she is left off, that would be a good motive to have her interfere and set set that up. Yeah, um, but just the the main event being as good of a match as it was, you know, part of me kind of wonders should they? I mean, from what we understand. I guess they didn't walk out till after they already advertised the match. I mean, at least yeah. I hope, because why would you advertise the match otherwise? And I guess at that point, you have to address it on screen that, that what's going on, because part of me thinks, well, maybe they should have just waited and had this match the way it was and just forget about the, the Sasha stuff until, you know, tomorrow. I mean, obviously they have to talk about it at some point, but uh, I don't want it to take away from how good of a match this was because, because it was a good match. And overall, I thought the show was actually pretty good. Uh, I, I, this news aside, now the women's division on Raw has been has been pretty good, and on top of I mean, there was actually quite a bit of women featured tonight. I wanted to briefly uh, to cover Lacey Evans, who is a new Raw superstar that is supposed to be a heel, but I think she's still coming across as like a a face or like a just a military person that people don't want to boo. Uh, I I don't know. Her promo was quite short. Uh, but short and to the point. Uh, I, where do you see them? What do you see them doing with Lacey? What, where, the, where where does Lacey go next? 
Because well, somebody weird. at some point somebody has to like interfere or make a statement or something. It's weird because you said that she's um, like a heel that people don't really want to boo, and I, I'm not sure like, baby to the punch here. Like I feel like they, they've been trying to set her up as a face, but now now we're seeing some like you know pivoting toward a heel. Like the first several chapters of her story over on SmackDown, very very much baby face oriented. Like you know she's a military, she was she's a military, she's a mom, she's talking about these. Her, this tragic backstory about her life and her family and overdoses, all these things. Um, Robert and I talked talk about that several times on the SmackDown side of things. Now she's on Raw. Um, and I guess in a way it would make more sense to have her as a baby face. No, sorry, as a heel with Bianca as the champion. Um, so that you can kind of, you can kind of shake it up, not not always have Bianca respect and stuff like that. Uh, but everything about her promos right now, safe face. I mean, even, even tonight, like it's, it's weird because like she, she was... Uh, introduced and uh, the brain answer was like, please welcome, like mother, uh, military veteran, like all these like, you know, descriptions, Lacey Evans is really kind of like to emphasize how, not to say how special she is, but you know, just like, it felt like a healish thing to like kind of say that uh, for uh, to have her introduced like that. Uh, the promo itself was, was pretty baby facey. I mean, it was again, talking about, you know, it felt very much like woman empowerment, which is a great message, wonderful. That's not a heel thing at all, unless it's like someone that gave like Becky Lynch, like twisting it and, and making it a different thing uh, for the sake of, sake of the storyline. This felt like a pretty general uh, babyface thing, and she was getting cheered, as far as I can tell. Um, so at least for now, it does seem like they are kind of rolling with it as a babyface character. And then uh, we'll see saying, yeah, she could eventually be a heel, uh, but right now it does feel like we are kind of leaning in this direction. It just feels like they're not entirely committed, which makes the viewers experience a little, little more confusing. It's like, well, what are we really supposed to feel about it? Uh, DJ points out if they want, if they want to have her be a heel, you could go over the top with the military gimmick like Sergeant Slaughter did. Uh, whereas they're treating it more, more uh, genuine with, with Lacey Evans. Well, I also like the comment from Eddie implying that she could be in the money in the bank match. I think that would be a good, even if she were to win, I think that's just a good match for her to be in. It just would make sense to me. But from now until then, I mean, these promos, you can't just keep doing them every week. you got to introduce some kind of matches. The problem is, um, I guess you could do what they've been doing with Veer and bringing these local talents that she just squashes. But, like, wh who wants to watch, like, the military hero just beat up on innocent people? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. to me, somebody has to confront her and challenge her. And it's not going to be somebody off the streets in a local market. It's going to be somebody, like, do draw maybe or Nikki ASH where she could be like play off playing off the you know I'm almost a superhero where Lacey Evans is like well I am a hero I did serve something there you like go. that there you go so okay. see I got I got my creative creative hat on tonight. I like it yeah. and then um finally I think finally tonight also in actual women's division we had Sonia Deville and Alexa Bliss have a rematch Alexa Bliss new theme music, which by the way I'm fine with, even though I liked last week's new song better mm. when it was a hybrid of the old yeah. and the new. Um, but they have a, a new song tonight, a vocal track actually. It was all right, uh, but of course it's going to take some getting used to, like it always does. Uh, Alexa, of course, uh, it was at least a, a longer and better match than last week, uh, but Bliss wins again. Uh, you know, there was a bit of an awkward misstep there and one part of the match there. Uh, uh, Sonia and Alexa are trying to build this chemistry, but they've only been working together for, what, two weeks now? Yeah. I don't think they've done a lot of work together before. Now, 
I don't know what's next for Sonia. I have the impression that she's probably going to be relegated into the lower mid-card of the women's division, unfortunately. Sort of like where we have uh, Carmella, you know, Queen Zelina, wherever she's at, uh, something like that. Alexa Bliss, however, I think will continue to elevate. She's another contender I could see, Money in the Bank. She has history with Money in the Bank. She's good in Money in the Bank. So that would make sense if they kind of wanted to revisit that. Uh, but what did you think of the match and the direction that they're kind of taking with Alexa here, giving her these wins to kind of build her back up to be a contender? Um, obviously, very, very happy Alexa's back on Raw. Big, big fan of hers. Glad that she and, and DeVille had more of an actual match this time. Like, she returned last week, and it was pretty much like a 10-second a match. So, like, that was, you know, I, I was happy to have more of a, you know, more of a better chance to see both, both of them, really, in, in, a, in a match in this case. Um, glad Alexa won both times. And, you know, to, to see that she might be getting built up as, as a title contender, I think that's a good thing. Could that be money in the bank? I think she would be she would be a good contender for it, especially because, um, you know, she really had before last week she was gone for. And who um, knows? Because they've done. Are they going to do a six woman? Are they going to do eight women? Like they they seem to change their mind every year, so it's hard to say. I mean, yeah. you can't really have four from Raw and four from SmackDown. SmackDown really only has four women total right now. So, like, what, yeah. what are you going to do? Especially depending on what happens with Sasha and Naomi, so we don't see on yeah. that one. I like the idea of Alexa winning money in the bank potentially, you know, so you're not rushing her into a title feud necessarily. Um, Steven says maybe Ray Ripley could win money in the bank. I think she's another good uh, contender as well. Eddie wants to know my thoughts on the Alexa Bliss theme. Because John, you already said you thought it was pretty good, at least relatively for like a new theme. I mean, that's fine. Right? I, I like the old theme. I like the one last week, as, as you mentioned as well, like kind of a hybrid. Um, I thought that I saw like it definitely fits her. It's like that kind of punk, you know, kind of feel like Avril Lavigne feel. So I, I get that. Uh, seems to be kind of her personality, from what we can tell. Like at least in real life, that seems what she be, seems what, like what she's into. Um, but no, I, I like the day of Alex uh, like winning the bank. And it says maybe we could get the title feud sooner though. Maybe that'll be the match at the bank. Maybe it'll be Bianca versus Alexa. Uh, I think she's got the the back the, the track record to uh, you know make that pretty easy to set up. Uh, just kind of depends how the whole Oscar and Becky Lynch thing kind of shakes out from from here on out. Um, but Brian agrees so maybe it will be Alexa, two-time Money in the Bank champion. Uh, for Sonya Deville, DJ says maybe give her Money in the Bank to kind of get back at corporate for firing her. I kind of like that idea. You know, there's something fun fun about that. I think slash am worried that we might see someone you and you were mentioning this yourself, John, about her kind of uh, sliding back to like the lower mid card. And I, to my first thought about that was like kind of like what we saw with Baron Corbin before King Corbin before that, like he, it seemed like he was kind of just like, I mean not like languishing, but like that he was almost being punched to wife for his authority role figure, and like both kind of in storyline and not like that, you know. That, I mean I know I know that's different because in some ways it feels like they kind of blame to put the poor eggs on him, which is not really fair. But um, I don't know. I like the idea of Lexa either winning money in the bank or at least you know being built up uh, somehow. So to be in a good position by the time that show comes. So a good match and happy to see her back and in, in winning ways on Raw here. Uh, we got, you know, we might as well keep rolling with it. We're talking about the women's decision. And uh, DJ says we had to, to Dana Brooke, Tamina, and Liv Morgan on the show, all in different ways. Dana and Tamina doing the same usual 24-7 title thing. They got uh, they got the divorce papers. They served the divorce papers, in this case, to Akira Zawa. Our true forms may be back. I feel like we're, we're getting closer to, to getting there. Um, but none, nonetheless, uh, Dana Brooke ran away, bumped into Carmella. So Carmella 
seemingly back in the, in the point of some title scene. Now, I forgot way back when in 2019, Camilla and R Truth they were best buds and they're doing the 24 7 title scene. And, and that, that's what Eddie points out. Yeah, it was a nice reunion. Like, I totally forgot about it until they interacted with me. I was like, oh, yeah, that was a thing. And they were like, Camilla said, she was a former champion. They were always together, like, trying to, you know, pull some shenanigans for the title. So, I guess a interesting, you know, return to the past in that sense. Um, whereas uh, the divorce drama playing out with with Dana Brooke and Reggie, and in this case, Akira getting served, eh, not not loving it. I don't have much more to say about it. But uh, I guess the, the most the way to take away John is the fact that Kamala is kind of back in the twenty four seven title scene. I guess. I mean, there's not really much else to do here. They've kind of exhausted all of their options with what they were doing the past couple months, so they have to turn a direction into something else now. Yeah. So, I I, I, will, I will say, even though I don't always love the 24-7 title stuff, at least they, like, add new people do it and kind of shake it up, so it's like you only get a couple weeks of kind of the same thing, and then you get a, a, some new person here or there just kind of differentiate a little bit, so good them for that. Uh, but Carmella back with our troops tonight. So well, that's one kind of uh, union we saw tonight, or a re reunion. Whereas we saw a union with Liv Morgan joining the Raw version of Bullet Club. So early in the show, uh, the Lethal Lovers, Los Lotharios, approached Liv Morgan, wanting to help her out with the Kiss Cam. She turned them down. AJ Styles and Finn Balor kind of recruited her and said, "Hey, come to the ring with us for our match." And she said, you know, "She'll think about it." Uh, and then she. She did come to the ring with them for the match. And uh, of course, we've seen AJ and Finn Balor do the, the two sweep for the Bullet Club in recent weeks. They face Le Lethal Lovers. Fun match, pick up a win. I think Balor and Salas work well together. Big fan of both guys. So cool to see them as, as a tag team lease for now. And after the match, Liv Morgan gave them the two sweet. So she is part of this um, WWE brand Bullet Club. Uh, we'll move forward here to, to uh, wage war with, with Judgment Day, I guess. Yeah, this is, um, I wouldn't go as far to say that she's joining the, the club. She's joining forces with them, at least. Yeah, this is, they needed to have a three-on-three -three match, I assume, at the pay-per-view, which is, you know, a nice touch. Um, I'm surprised at how much Edge is still on TV. He's, like, become almost like a full-time character. Now, that's fine. I mean, I'm fine with him only doing actually wrestling once a month. And if he wants to be a full-time character otherwise, good for him, good for Priest, and, and good for Ripley. And it's just everybody involved here, really. Now, I'm not certain about this new member that Edge is teasing is going to join. I still, I've been saying Trompa. A report came out that is there a possibility that Finn Balor could turn his back on AJ and join, which that would be interesting too, because I've already been saying, you know, this is going to end somehow, some way at, in the summer with Balor and AJ against each other, and this would be a way you could do that. Um, but Rhea Ripley, it seems like um, if she's going to be a part of this, they need to keep her involved somehow also. Uh, and then DJ's asking, do you put the three-on-three three in the cell? And, you know, you, do, you don't put this in the cell. The only match you put in the cell is Cody and Seth. And I thought maybe somehow, some way, you could do the Bianca, Asuka, and, and Becky match in the cell because you usually have one women's and one men, depending on what Ronda does. But no, no nothing, nothing else goes in the cell, just one or two matches tops. Uh, this definitely doesn't strike me as a caliber of a cell match. And I don't think necessarily edge wants to do that right now 
Um, but I, yeah, Liv Morgan being involved because she kind of has to be for the sake of Rhea Ripley. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, obviously. And uh, both Eddie and, and DJ Manigo pointed out, yeah, well, I feel like we will get at least a match between uh, the two sides at, at Hell in a Cell. Probably not, maybe not at Hell in a Cell. I just can't say probably. I, I would agree. It maybe doesn't feel like it's quite there yet. Maybe they'll have like a street fight or some other gimmick match, like as, as the ball off. Play. I don't know if it's like quite time for it for Hell in a Cell. So I do think we're going to get a match. And I think it'll be good. Um, you know, as you said, good for everyone involved. Edge, I think, elevates everybody around him. So I think everyone here is benefiting from that. And for the other member here, I mean, yeah, I think Fendal would, would be interesting. I think a feud with him and Asia Salas would be great. I think both like both guys are awesome in the ring. Uh, a heel turn, in this case, for Fendal would definitely freshen up his character. Uh, I think he's been largely kind of um, squandered, I guess, on Raw in a lot of ways, or even on the main roster in general. So I think this kind of working with Edge would definitely be good for him. Um so I think at this point he would be my he'd be my pick. If we if they built up Chomp a little more, I would be definitely be rooting for him. And, and I still am, but I think it's really, really do wonders for for Fendauer. So definitely liking the idea as well. Um Eddie says like the long term the requirements of Dungeon Day's long term booking, uh kind of like of whoever's you know in the stable. So we saw like Damian Priest and, and Edge using their kind of modus for joining the group uh, Raverly as well. Uh, I think Finn Dollar has a lot of good reasons to, to join the group. I mean, he could reference the the mysterious rope snapping at Extreme Rules 2020, or 2021, uh, and how he's gotten screwed over a couple of times. But um, I, don't know, I like the idea. It's interesting. And people seem to be very happy with Liv Morgan here. Uh, seems that it's be good for Liv Morgan joining with AJ and Finn, feeding with Judgment Day. And he's, he still thinks Chapel will join Judgment Day. I mean, that was reported. And... Uh, you know, R Ripley and Chapel were the people reported first. So I still kind of... I'm inclined to think that might be the case, but plans change, pal. So I don't know. Uh, DJ says, what about someone like Cedric Alexander? I mean, Cedric's great. He's a very, very talented guy. I feel like he's like more, I guess that's just, not, if not evolved, he's attached to the whole Bobby Lashley almost MVP thing right now. If that continues, I don't know. But um, I could, I mean, at this point, like Edge even said, he opens his, he opens his arms to anybody. Anybody could you know, in, in theory, benefit from this and join the group. I just, I struggle to think like exactly how they might kind of connect those dots there. Whereas Bauer makes a lot of sense. Champa, I mean, not to say that such makes sense, but um, we'll wait and see. I mean, I, I feel like the way we have to wait until Hell in a Cell for the, for the new member to be revealed potentially. And that's still, that's a little ways away. But uh, speaking of Bible Ashley and Almost, we had uh, the show open with a steel cage match between Bible Ashley and Almost. This was their third match here. Uh, they were they were tied after last should be almost WrestleMania. MVP helped almost be last WrestleMania backlash. But we had a steel cage match this time. Pretty good match. Can't really complain. MVP interfered a bunch and uh, almost slammed Lashley through the cage wall. Literally tore the whole with the wall down. Lashley slid down the wall and very easily walked on the floor to win the match uh, to get a win. This is like a repeat of the Brock and Roman match, I think, from Saudi Arabia. Was that Australia? One of the two. But yeah. it was the, it was the same finish, pretty much, uh, yeah, which I, was I interesting. Think, I think that recreated like, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre in 1998. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, they, they do the spot a bunch. Yeah. Well, and a report came out today from WrestleVotes that said internally they were um, thinking about having this close the show where then the ring was going to collapse somehow at the end. And that, that's that been played out for too long as well. So I, I like this direction better, even though it's also like repetitive. 
but th- th- this feels like a week ago because of you know of what happened since that match with the, all the news that came out and everything. But the whole Cedric Alexander thing to me did not make sense. But then when Shelton Benjamin said he was hurt and out, then it kind of made sense because yeah. Cedric's kind of on his own. But MVP and, and Omos have said, we don't want you involved, but then he comes out and helps, and then they, like, praise him for helping. So, it, like, to me, it's, it's like, a, a heat-of-the-moment thing, and then he gets in. It was funny because he took that bump from the top of the cage on the floor, yeah. and the ref asked him if he was okay, and the camera picked him up saying, like, yeah, I'm good or something, <laughs> as he was, like, about to lay down and act like he was passed out or whatever. But... Uh, yeah, this wasn't the first time we've seen a finish like this, but it, it felt appropriate given how Omos dominated the whole match, but then he still loses. And now next week we're getting like another almighty challenge. Uh, was it the last time it was? Was, no, was, was it? Well, right? his idea was the arm wrestling contest, right. and then MVP and them wanted to do the cage. No, yes, they wanted to. Do- Lashley wanted the cage because MVP kept interfering, yeah. and now. This is like the third time now he's going to issue a challenge. I'm hoping that it's not hell in a cell. I, 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 it could be, but I'm hoping it's not. Uh, you know, Stephen Chambers implying maybe that's the case. Uh, Eddie implying maybe MVP's involved in the handicap match. Somehow, some way, this will end in Lashley versus MVP in some kind of match, but we're not yeah. there yet. Uh, I think Omos needs to come out of this feud on top, but Lashley kind of has to to get to MVP to have that match. Um, other, otherwise within the match itself, it was a typical kind of a dominant performance from Omos. And then he kind of just screwed himself over in the end. It was funny because Lashley was laying on the cage and Omos was just standing there. Like he didn't know any better to, to leave the ring and win. Like there was no ring awareness from Omos there at the end. So those were the key points there with Alexander getting involved. Omos dominating, but then losing. And then the spear Lashley hit was also pretty good on Omos. He got the near fall. Uh, but the the highlight or the, the end result of this is that it's not over yet. There's another challenge to come. This is going to last at least until Hell in a Cell. And two, it's only two weeks away now, right? We have, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we have two more Raws until the next paper, the next premium live event on June 5th. Yeah, I mean, I I have to think that we'll we'll get at least another match out of this somehow, and probably for Hell in a Cell. I don't know what that would be necessarily, you know. Uh, and, and DJ asked what we think the challenge will be. Um, I, uh, other than I mean, not that I really want to see it. Other than uh, you know the, the Hell in a Cell match, and I could easily see this this handicap match kind of thing. Um, I don't know what else it would be. They did the arm the arm wrestling thing. They just had a steel cage match. I don't know what else there really is to do. DJ says the tug of war. I mean, they, they could do some other like test of strength potentially. Um, I, could, I mean, I could see it. I don't, I don't know if that's really what, what I really want to see them do, but like I, I, they do that kind of stuff all the time. Some kind of like weightlifting contest. Like remember when like Braun Strowman was like lifting trucks and stuff like that. Like I, I could see something kind of like that. I don't know. Or uh, the, if the challenge itself could just be something uh, related to Hell in a Cell, I think that would at least make a little more sense. Um, Kevin Tyler's in the maybe like a last man standing match kind of thing. Maybe. It doesn't need to be a Hell in a Cell match necessarily. Then maybe that'd be a little redundant with the, the Steel Cage match here that we just saw tonight. Uh, maybe some of the, uh, as mentioned, Braun Strowman and the trucks. 
Eddie says maybe uh, they got like a pull the trunk match, like we saw with Mark Henry years ago. I mean, yeah, both guys being very strong. That, that would make sense as well. Uh, but yeah, somehow getting getting uh, MVP involved would make sense because that's obviously Lashley's goal. But inherently, the, the feud's weird because, as you mentioned, John, Lashley needs to win to kind of get built back up a little bit. Almost needs to win because they're trying to build him up as in the first place. So if, if almost loses the feud entirely, you know, it's kind of detrimental to him, but also it would be detrimental to Lashley because uh, it could be, you know, a good chance to have him get built back up and into a, a title contender. So ideally, both guys look strong coming out of it, but at the end of the, end of the day, only one guy can really win. So got to wait and see how, how that plays out. But uh, otherwise here, more more ongoing feuds here on Raw. Theory, formerly known as Austin Theory, the United States champion, was supposed to face uh, Mustafa Ali. For a second week in a row, he brought out the Miz based special guest referee, and then he revealed that he didn't think that Mustafa Ali was worthy of facing him, so he wanted to prove that he wanted Ali to prove himself against someone else, and that someone else turned out to be Veer Mahan. So it's Veer's, Veer's Mahan's time to come on Raw yet again, and he faced Mustafa Ali with Miz as a special guest referee yet again. Like last week, Miz screwed Mustafa Ali over. Veer wins post-match selfie slash beatdown, and then Ray and Dominic Mysterio return to the show for the first time for Dominic since April 11th, for Ray since the Raw after Mania. In both cases, both guys were put on the shelf, at least on the show, by Veer. So now we are clearly uh, on track for a, a Mysterio's versus uh, Veer feud. So that, that's good. And for Mustafa Ali versus Theory, that, that seems to be kind of ongoing. And maybe eventually Ali will get a shot at Theory uh, and ideally the title. But John, thoughts on Theory versus Ali here? Or I guess slash Veer uh, and, and the Mysterio's coming back? Uh, well, the segment slash match kind of uh, advanced two separate feuds, but I don't think either of them were in a meaningful way. The The match was quick. The post-match fight slash beatdown was barely that. Uh, Rey Mysterio was bleeding somehow, some way, and he was only in the ring for five seconds and kicked v Like His lip was like pouring blood. Like, how did that happen? And then uh, Dominic came back. Uh, look. You got clearly Ollie. I mean, and you should have known when Ollie came back, he was going to take a few losses, a few bumps. That's just how it goes. And he's done that. And at least it hasn't been to like a nobody. Like they're trying to build theory up to be this big dominant force. And then the Miz is just kind of there, kind of like the heel character helping elevate theory. Here's what I'm thinking is the fact that Ollie is from Chicago. Hell in a Cell is in Chicago. They're going to do Ali versus Theory for the title in Chicago to give Theory more heat, and then Ali's going to get his hometown pop, and he's going to lose. Uh, the Miz might get involved somehow. And then, of course, on the other side of the spectrum, you're going to have Rey Mysterio versus Veer also in some fashion, and then Dominic will be there as well. So those are two matches that we're going to build to i think we've already built enough to at least the veer and ray mysterio match that has had enough of a build where you can have the match now and make no mistake about it veer needs to win i think veer needs to keep winning and looking dominant the last thing you want to do is just have him lose all of a sudden after all of this time ollie will lose ollie will not beat theory uh dj saying ollie won't lose ollie ollie will lose uh, Theory's not losing the title anytime soon. If anything, he might win by disqualification, but I feel like we've seen that so many times. Uh, and Michael says he saw the same thing. 
He did not wrestle on main event. I forget the two matches on main event, but Ray was not in there. Something must have happened where he, like, he bit his lip or something on the way. I don't know, but it was like pouring blood. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, that's just something that I noticed because, I mean, you had, he had the blue mask on and then his lip was like oh, bright red yeah. dripping. Yeah. Uh, it's weird that you know, think of, you know, some questions about Mustafa Ali potentially earning a title shot. I mean, Theory himself said tonight he didn't want Ali to lose his way into a title shot. So, like, they, and uh, as we said earlier, and Eddie pointed out again, two weeks till the pay per view. So, like, if they want to do that match for the pay per view, which they may not want to because they don't necessarily prioritize having the Mishkar titles on. Uh, the, the premium line of events at this point, which is a shame, but I uh, think, and I think that that would be a good, a good match for the card. At least, would I would hope start to really kind of build up a little bit because right now, especially tonight, this feels like uh, Dean Ambrose 2019 booking. He's like getting like squat, not squash, but like especially tonight, he was like beaten, attacked out for the match. Like, you know, I, I don't know, I, I couldn't help but think that, especially with, with all the you know, the reports of him requesting his release and everything. like he's back on tv now but it's hard not to wonder like you know exactly some of the the long-term plan here i guess in that case but uh on the flip side of saying that ali's not going to lose steven says that theory is not going to lose and I, I would agree i mean theory is very clearly uh the uh, fans like pet project or like the 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 chose the next big thing so i think he's very very set at least for now um so if the duo of the match even though it's in chicago i don't necessarily think that uh, theory's going to lose that one um, we talk about this pretty much every week now, but it feels like if if John Cena comes back for SummerSlam, uh, he says definitely can have a, a big dream match there. At least for, th- for theory, he's made it very clear he's a big fan of uh, John Cena, so that'd be a pretty darn cool match. Um, here's what I, I'd like to see. It. I think that'd be very good for him. I'm I'll jump in real quick. I'm inclined to believe and think that we would get John Cena versus Drew McIntyre before Theory, but okay. you never. That know. makes sense. No, because that's that's like the, a bigger money match in a way. Yeah. I think that's what they're more kind of drawn toward first. A guy like John Cena right now, where is like, yeah, because you you got to kind of really capitalize as best you can when you get them. So I think that would make more sense in a lot of ways. And it's not talking about that maybe the, that potential US title match, but for this, I feel like Veer versus the Mysterios or at least Rey Mysterio feels like a pretty safe bet at the very least for the Hell in a Cell kickoff if they have a match on kickoff this time. Um, I was saying maybe you could have uh, Dominic turn on Ray, and then they split up. So, and then maybe even after that, send down to the NXT. I've heard some some rumors at least that the, the Mysterios might be splitting up at some point soon. That would definitely be one way to do it uh, to have this uh, happen in this kind of feud. Um, and, I, and I definitely agree. This would definitely be a great way to to build beer up because it's Ray Mysterio. So that'd be very good for him. And I hope to see that happen because I think you know at least they might as well try and capitalize on all the buzz that got with them. So. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully they, they do right by him because he's got, you know, some, some, some buzz is still still there. So uh, otherwise here, more and more ongoing stories here. Kevin Owens remains, A, a national treasure, and B, determined to prove that Ezekiel is not, or that Ezekiel is Elias. So uh, Owens had the DNA test done on Ezekiel Kier. Chad Gable had the results. Unfortunately, the data was corrupted by Otis's barbecue sauce. So we will not know what those results are, what were potentially oh, going to say. Uh, supposedly this will continue with some kind of other testing next week. They mentioned like maybe some ancestry tests or whatever, but we had a match with Ezekiel and Gable. Good match. Ezekiel's good. Chad Gable's great. Owens is great on commentary. Very, very funny. Uh, big, he's, he just, his guy makes everything better. Uh, but good match with Ezekiel and Gable. And Steven says he'd like to see Ezekiel versus Owens eventually. Now that'll be another good one. 
for Helen's, Helen's self potentially, but you got to wonder about potentially uh, loading, loading up the card too much. About we were talking about the the beer match, the U.S. title match. It's this all raw, pretty much. Yeah, this, this is all raw so far. We're even talking like who even knows about the SmackDown side of things so far. Um, but uh, thoughts on this uh, ongoing saga with Ezekiel slash Kevin Owens here? Uh, I thought it was good and I liked it at first, but now the more it goes on, the more like for one, the more I'm like siding slash agreeing with Kevin, like it's getting a little silly. Like what I think it's because I'm thinking more about the end game here. Like, obviously it would be funny and cool if there was somehow some way they could present Ezekiel and Elias side by side at the same time Yeah, with, without a hologram or a twin, which a hologram would be silly and there's no twin uh there would be the the absolute shoot of the century if it actually wasn't elias even though it's definitely elias just with a shaved beard and no guitar and the fact that they're it's it's gonna get like drawn out too far i think it's already been over a month now that they've been doing this they're going to run out of ideas eventually. Like something has to give because obviously Kevin's not going to quit until he knows he's right. Right. Which he is obviously right, right, so, like everybody right. knows he's right. And that has to happen somehow. And it's going to be a match between the two. I could see either one winning, to be honest, the match itself tonight was pretty good. Uh, Ezekiel is good in the ring. He always has been, but when he was Elias, he didn't get to wrestle a lot because he was just singing to the crowd with a guitar. And Kevin Owens is obviously good in the ring. Chad Gable is very good in the ring as well. So we'll never truly know like what the the capabilities are here because I feel like they're being somewhat held back because you have to hide the fact that it's really Elias, so you have right. to kind of limit what you can do there. And But but Kevin, anything he touches or does, it's gold, and, and it works, and it's fine. Uh, he's like, and I'm not comparing him word for word to, to Baron Corbin. I'm just saying that they, they both can take whatever they're given and, and make it work, yeah. no matter what it is creatively or, or character-wise, and they're both good at it. But I'm not convinced that this is going to end in a manner that makes everybody happy. I agree. And I, I have to think, like you said, that they might kind of drag it out too long. Because I have to wonder, like, as you mentioned, like, what is the end game? And at this point, I'm like, I think it's fair to wonder whether they even know what, what whether they know what it is themselves. Because, like, yeah, on, on paper, you, you set this you start the storyline and it's fun, but like I feel like it might be kind of like the, the anonymous Raw GM back in the day. They, they may not know where it's going and they're just kind of gonna try and wing it as they go, I guess, and kind of have it keep evolving somehow. But that makes it, I feel like, might, might make it a little harder to have it uh, conclude in, in a satisfying way. Eddie says, you know, you could do Ezekiel and Elias versus Kevin Owens and Ken Owens at Hell in a Cell. Oh, man. Um, I don't know about that, but um, you, you mentioned John like about somehow trying to get them both on screen at the same time. Somehow, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how it's all going to play out. Stevens agreeing said that we're gonna, they're going to drag it out longer than uh, the, the Sonya and Naomi feud, and that dragged out for months and months and months. I hope it's not that long, but gotta wonder that uh he probably has a point that, that we might be in for that um i mean again always is so entertaining that it's working for it's working to keep me entertained 
and like at least like i'm not rebelling against it and, and not liking it but uh i do wonder what the what the point's going to be and the weird thing is, as you said like owens is terrible what he does turns to gold he's the best part of the storyline as brian points out here and the storyline's not really about him which makes it like weird too it's like again i feel like he's like kind of overshining or overshadowing ezekiel in a way because like he's uh, owens is like the most entertaining part of it and so I'm inherent. That's there's something inherently weird about that to me. But uh, I hope we get to see a match between the two, these two Hell and Cell because we still haven't actually gotten eight, well, other than I think they had a tag team match, like an eight man tag, uh, a couple weeks ago on Raw. We have not gotten a singles match between these two guys yet. So um, at least kudos for them to holding off on that so far because usually with most feuds they've they would have, have uh, would have faced off like five times already. So I guess that's a win. But hopefully that I think this will be a good match to have at Hell and Cell, and I, I will look forward to it. But speaking of Hell and Cell, lastly here. Uh, as widely expected, we will indeed see Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins in the Hell in a Cell match at Hell in a Cell. Cody made the challenge tonight for Hell in a Cell, talked about his his road to WWE and, and uh, I should say his road back to WWE and Seth Rollins' uh, road to success, really, the, the way they kind of follow different paths uh, and talking about how Seth has crossed the line. He insulted Dusty Cody, Cody's father and said, you know, got to settle it one last time in Hell in a Cell. Seth uh, responded, said he wanted to expose Cody and wanted to, like, you know, again, to get revenge for Cody for taking a spotlight and everything that we've seen so far. And then Cody said, I'll see you in hell. So we have the, the, the stage has been set for Cody versus Seth 3. Hopefully, the, the ball off of this feud. John, what are you thinking about this uh, pretty exciting rematch for Hell and Cell? It's going to be the main event. I'm pretty certain of that. It, I, it has the feeling of a main event match that's going to probably tear the house down like the first two did. Um, I would assume Cody will win again. He'll win all three unless they want to set up maybe his next feud and somebody comes out to, to screw him over. The promo was good. It was kind of his typical promo he's he's been doing since he's come back to the company. He had his own countdown clock when the show I started. About that. Yeah. Basically to say, you know, he'll come out at 10 o'clock. So they were periodically giving a countdown of how long until he comes out. They have absolutely pushed this guy to the top of the charts. Ever since he left AEW back in, was it January? Yeah. And uh, then he said, you know, I'm coming back to WWE after six years, whatever it was. They have basically made him the biggest deal that they possibly can. I think it's to prove a point. I think it's to tell the AEW guys that if you come here, the grass is greener. We can make you look better. We can push you more. And hats off to him for doing it. I mean, they're paying Cody an insane amount of money. They're, he's getting the biggest pops. He has the most fireworks, way more than Roman Reigns does. And he's, I mean, without a doubt, he's going to be the champion at some point, you would think, within the next year. And they are giving him basically whatever he wants. They're promoting the whole show around him. The poster for the next pay-per-view has him front and center. Um, he's doing the promotions for Money in the Bank. He, he's done the video advertising for that as well. Uh, so he's clearly the guy now. Like I'm not taking anything away from Roman because he's the guy, but Cody is like the guy on Raw and the next, basically the next next man up. Yeah, and he's good at it. He he proved in AEW he could put on a good match and a good promo. He just got himself into some sticky situations with booking and losing, and it was time for him to go. And I think it was you know he comes back to to WWE and 
He's the top merch seller. I think he might have passed Roman. I think he did. He's, think so. the no- he's the number one merch seller now in the company. And he's uh, he ended the promo by saying, I'll see you in hell. Obviously, hell in a cell. So and in my eyes, he wins that. And then the possibilities for him are to maybe win Money in the Bank, at least beat Money in the Bank, or I, I, I don't see him challenging Roman yet. At the earliest, I would think it would be SummerSlam. Yeah. But with the way they're promoting the Roman and Drew for the UK stadium show, part of me thinks that maybe they're going to hold off on Cody until after that, unless somehow he loses to Roman, maybe with DQ or whatever. But that's 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 where I'm standing with Cody right now is um, he is going to be a big deal for at least, I mean, I think he signed what was a three-year contract or four or something. I don't remember the exact terms. I don't say just that it's a multi-year deal and it's full time the whole time. Like he's going to be a big deal for the foreseeable future. Pretty much. Yeah. Bunch comments about Cody here. Eddie says he thinks he'll be on the feud. It'll be a brutal match. Probably the main event. I mean, Roman Reigns currently not advertised for Hell in a Cell. Originally he was, and they, they made the new poster with Cody front and center. The one that when Roman was pulled from the advertising. So it looks like Roman will not be there. In which case it would make sense to have this match be the main event potentially. I think it would be uh, a good one. Uh, and again, likewise, Steven's saying hopefully this won the feud. Uh, doesn't see Cody losing either. So that seems like a pretty safe bet. Uh, DJ Green and Cody will champ soon. Uh, more thoughts about maybe maybe the money in the bank here. I just says Cody and Seth could be the money in the bank, but not feuding. Kind of have that like you know the, the the recent feud in everyone's memory, but then not have the feud be active anymore. Uh, I like the idea. And Stephen says he definitely thinks Cody's going to win money in the bank. That's yeah, a fair prediction at this point. I think it's you know great. Obviously, great crazy things have happened. Uh, just as we talked about both on this show and this is the SmackDown side. I wonder what the timeline will be in terms of like you mentioned maybe not SummerSlam maybe after that. Well, a lot of moving parts. You mentioned the the Drew McIntyre match as well. Kind of, uh, they have options, which is good, especially with Drew or with Roman potentially working last shows. I can draw it out even more. Uh, but then, then I wonder about what uh, Cody's next feud will be if they need like some you know maybe even multiple to get him from from Seth to Roman. You know that's if they need to fill out some time. So we'll say that one. Maybe Kevin Owens that'd be a good option as well. Uh, but yeah, the way Cody's been presented, Brian says he's, he's like WWE's new Cena. I don't know if I go, I go that far, but at the very least right now, he's definitely being framed as the, the top star in Raw. And that, like, that is very, very clear. Um, so, you know, again, hats off to him and hats off to WWE for the way they've been presenting him. So it's a win-win so far. DJ wondering what do we see happening first, MJF to WWE or Cody as a champion? Well, MJF's contract is up in 2024. So I have to think Cody's got to be the champion by 2024. Like, I, I I would say WrestleMania 2023 at the latest. Like I don't think we're waiting all that long for Cody to win the title. Yeah, that's to me that's an easy one. He'll be champion before and unless he gets released or something, which I don't see happening. But no. yeah, that Cody as tramp will happen first, and that's you know to be expected. I think. Yeah. For sure. I and mean, that's that seems pretty pretty clear. Uh, just again, a matter of timing, really. But lastly, here very. Not much to say other than it was a good match. Riddle uh, picked up a win over uh, Jimmy Uso. Now we learned on SmackDown we will have the tag title unification match on SmackDown this week. Robert and I both think there's going to be some kind of schmaz finish uh, that they're going to try and probably draw it out to hell on a cell. But John, uh, I guess not even necessarily the match we saw tonight, but more so on the Raw side of things, it's obviously relevant. You know, the, the thoughts, on, your thoughts on the, the tag title unification that we will see at least the first time uh, on SmackDown this week. 
Should be good. I'm wondering. I'm wondering if if it'll be a clean match, or if it'll end in DQ, or if something sour is going to happen, or if we're legitimately going to, you know, unify these this weekend. Uh, I think it's hard to say. I think we just have to wait and see. Tonight's match was it was good. It was kind of a rep- uh, repeat of what we've seen with these two teams the past couple weeks. But uh, I think hopefully this Friday we we get an answer to who's going to be you know, the the team moving forward. And I think we all have a hunch of who it's going to be. At least I do. You probably agree. But we'll see how they, how they make it happen. But I think that six titles are, are in store for the bloodline. I agree. I just don't necessarily th- see it happening on SmackDown. I just, I have to think they're going to draw it out more. Again, especially if, if Roman does not compete at Hell in a Cell. Uh, I was saying Roman, Roman could interfere in the, in the tag match on Friday. Steven says you have the, the street rapids interfere and do the, the triple threat at the, at the Hell in a Cell. Uh, or what Eddie's saying again, you could have Roman interfere and then have a Hell in a Cell match. Maybe. But again, I feel like they're going to be a little selective about what does get the cell. We already know it's going to be Cody and uh, Cody and Seth. So, you know, I mean, in that case, I don't know what else they would do. So I feel like that, that's like an option. Um, I, 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 it sounds like we're in agreement. But yeah, the Usos are probably going to win whenever when when we do get that clean finish, just whenever that might be. Uh, but I, right now, I'm definitely thinking it's going to be some kind of, you know, some kind of walk you on SmackDown and draw it out. So I'm kind of I'm kind of bracing for that. But I think it'll be a good match, especially when actually we get the finish. And again, I'm assuming that'll be the pay per view. Um, as I'm saying, they, they should have Solo Sokoa interfere. I don't know about that. I don't know what. I mean. I do think he'll join the bloodline at some point. I just don't know if Friday's that day. Obviously, it's still uh, feels like it's like he's definitely uh, in the the prime of his run on NXT, and he's, he's doing great down there. Um, and but when when he, when he does join the bloodline, I'm sure it'll be good for him and, and the bloodline as a whole. So I would, another one win. But uh, I'm looking forward to that tag match on on Friday. And again, you get another comment. We're all be in agreement. It's going to be some kind of DQ finish. And then it'll be maybe the, the Hell in a Cell match at the pay-per-view or pre-my event. Seems like a pretty safe bet. Uh, but that was uh, one of many things we had uh, in the works here tonight on Raw. So all in all, all, in all John, what do you think about the show here, all things considered? But it was pretty good. There was obviously a distraction with that news that came out, but I'd give it a, an average seven. Pretty, pretty average show with some solid build, but obviously there's distractions that, that are there that you have to just try to, to put in the rear view mirror for at least tonight, and they'll probably resurface tomorrow morning. Yeah, I would agree. I, I my, my gut response is like 7.1, and most of that's like I was, I was a little distracted by all the like the Sasha Banks and Naomi stuff and trying to, I mean, try and cover that and stuff like that. So, like, not being able to fully like enjoy the show itself. Um, and some other things here and there I didn't exactly care for, but not a bad show by any means. Steven says it's 7.5, Brian with a 7 as well, Eddie with a 7.2. Uh, and he's referencing their rumors for the Roman Reigns side of things. Maybe we'll have, you know, Randy, Randy and or Biddle uh, challenge Reigns. If not, Hell in Cell, maybe that'll be Money in the Bank after that. I think Randy versus Roman would be a great, great match for Money in the Bank. That's a, definitely a big stadium show kind of match there. So I'd like to see that. Uh, and they've got plenty of time to build it up. So that'd be that'd be fun. DJ, not a big fan of the show, saying it's 4.3. 4.3 for us tonight. Um, I thought I thought it was fine. That was a pretty solid show. But as always, if we're everyone's more than welcome to disagree. Hopefully it'll be better next week. Michael's with a 7.5, but saying, but damn, Sasha. <laughs> like, I guess I'm, I'm more read that saying it's an unfortunate situation. Um, or at least a you know 
upsetting slash disappointing situation. And Kevin with a 7.7 as well here. So I would say it seems like by and large, fairly slightly above average to above average shows. So can't be too upset about that other than, uh, again, some of the, the, the out, outside of the show controversy. But hopefully we'll have more information about it soon because, yeah, it's, a bit, it's pretty crazy. But otherwise here, John, you and I are back. You're back. You're back here. So we're doing Raw every Monday for the Raw Post Show. NXT 2.0, Tuesday night. We'll be here to, now. It's already Tuesday. So Tuesday night for the NXT Post Show. Uh, Diamond Dudes on a rampage. Marcus, Marcus and Dominic cover all things AEW. Robert and I cover SmackDown schedule printing on Friday. Otherwise, great stream of interviews constantly. You guys, we've got some really exciting stuff in the works. And lots of stuff already, already in the archives. So make sure to leave a like and subscribe. We really appreciate it. John, with that being said, we all come here together to do one thing, above all others, and I can't tell me what that is. Enjoy wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.